Our first scripture is reading is Psalm 39. I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will keep a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. I was silent and still. I held my peace to no avail. My distress grew worse. My heart became hot within me. While I mused, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Lord, let me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing in your sight. Surely everyone stands as a mere breath. Surely everyone goes about like a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. They heap up and do not know who will gather. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of the fool. I am silent. I do not open my mouth, for it is you who have done it. Remove your stroke from me. I am worn down by the blows of your hand. You chastise mortals in punishment for sin, consuming like a moth what is dear to them. Surely everyone is a mere breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not hold your peace at my tears, for I am your passing guest, an alien, like all my forebears. Turn your gaze away from me that I may smile again before I depart and am no more. Our second psalm reading is from Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn us back to dust and say, turn back, you mortals. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, or like a watch in the night. You sweep them away. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are consumed by your anger. By your wrath we are overwhelmed. You have set our iniquities before you and our secret sins in the light of your countenance. For all our days pass away unto your wrath. Our years come to an end like a sigh. The days of our life are 70 years, or perhaps 80 if we are strong. Even then, their span is only toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger? Your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. So teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. Turn, O Lord, how long? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love so that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be manifest to your servants 
and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and prosper us the work of our hands. Oh, prosper the work of our hands. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I want to offer my thanks uh, without naming names because I will certainly forget somebody uh, to all of the people who have worked hard to make this day a wonderful celebration of Dave's ministry. There are videos and a reception and moments in worship for celebration and many other details around the edges. And for all those uh, who helped, we give thanks. Let's go to God in prayer. Startle us, O God, with the beauty, grace, love, and challenge found in your word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today... We celebrate the 20th anniversary of David Annette's ministry here at Knox. 20 years of Knox Youth Group, Fresh Spirit Worship Leadership, technical support, presbytery service, hospital visits, teaching, preaching. 20 years of being a good minister, friend, colleague, and companion. Dave is 44 years old. Same age as me. In fact, our birthdays are just one week apart. He's older. <laughs> because we are the same age, I can say with some authority that in this season of life, Dave not only looks back, he wonders about what is ahead. He's starting to realize that he has roughly the same amount of time ahead of him as he has behind him, maybe 20 years more in ministry, maybe another 44 in life. So today seemed like as good a day as any to talk about the midlife crisis. The midlife crisis, it is a freighted idea in our culture, weighed down with cliches and metaphors about Corvettes and adultery and being on the downhill side of life. Let me be clear that I have no problem talking about the midlife crisis. I think it's not only normal, it's important. Developmental psychologists will tell you that in midlife, healthy people ask a certain set of questions. Questions like, what have I accomplished so far? And does it matter? Is this how I should be spending the time that I have left? What else is there? Did I make the right choices when I was younger? Is it too late to change? These questions are natural, and asking them openly with trusted friends leads to a richer life and faith. The bad choices associated with a midlife crisis usually are not because of asking the questions, but because of trying to ignore them. These questions of midlife are not just psychological jargon. 
They are the stuff of great storytelling, the history of philosophy, the journey of faith. Novels like Revolutionary Road, The Philosophy of John Stuart Mill, The Book of Psalms, these are the great works of midlife. Today we heard Psalm 39, which asks, Lord, let me know the measure of my days and how fleeting my life is. Psalm 39 is a strange prayer. It meanders all over with cries for help and self-doubts about the past. It's got midlife crisis written all over it. And then we heard Psalm 90, which is partly about the misery of a life grounded in things that will not last. The psalmist cries out that life is like grass that grows fresh in the morning but is scorched in the afternoon by the sun. It is as fleeting as spitting into the air. And even though life is fleeting and nothing will last forever, the psalmist still wonders if the one thing that might catch up with him, the one thing that is here to stay, is his mistakes and misdeeds. Is it possible that a wrathful God is out there keeping track rather than loving us as we hoped and supposed? These are not pretty Sunday school thoughts, but they are things people think about. MIT philosophy professor Kieran Setia has written a thoughtful, accessible book called Midlife, a Philosophical Guide. Throughout the ages, he says, midlifers have wondered about the very same things. We wonder about missing out on the choices we did not make. How might life have turned out if I had chosen the things I didn't choose? We also spiral through questions about mistakes, mis uh, misfortunes, and failures of our past, things we are helpless to change and have to carry with us. And of course, there is the inevitability of death and the creeping awareness that life is shorter than we once thought it was. Will it end before we are able to fulfill all our dreams? The answer to that question is yes. But the subject of midlife is not without humor or joy. Setia's book seems to, seeks to help middle-aged people find that they are not so alone. The other people who are on the sidelines at soccer games and present at the school festivals, they're asking the same questions that you are. And the Bible and the church are supposed to give us a means to talk about it. The hard questions of life are important. Dave knows that. Knox Youth Group is a lot of fun, but they also talk about things. Cyberbullying and suicide, crippling anxiety, and questions about the existence of God. Because these are the things that young people need to talk about. 
I'm actually quite glad to reflect on some of the tough questions of midlife in the context of Sunday worship, for as a song we sang today in Fresh Spirit says, when I look at life through the eyes of faith, I see it differently. Psalm 90 is read mostly at funerals. That's not a bad thing. Often it leads to the celebration of someone who has lived a life long and full, who figured out soon enough how fleeting life is and who chose to make the most of every day. Why leave that conversation for a funeral when the the truth is that people in their 40s are trying to figure it out right now? And our tradition offers tools for that work. The author of Psalm 90 isn't just lost in the questions, but is seeking some answers. My translation, shake off the hope you've placed in material accumulation. Let go of your desire to achieve and your desire to control as much as you can. These things will only bring misery. Take seriously your relationship with God. Because before our grandparents and after our children, God is the one that remains. And when those other things and people are gone, that is the foundation that lasts. Want to receive the precious gifts to be found in each day? Stop putting so much energy into things as fleeting as grass. This, says the psalm writer, is how I've found joy. Psalm 39 offers wisdom as well. My favorite line is where the psalmist writes, I am your passing guest in this human life. Your passing guest. Here, just a little bit of biblical scholarship is helpful. The Hebrew that is translated passing guest actually means something closer to resident alien, refugees who found themselves in the land of Israel. The Mosaic Law's demand, which we fall dreadfully short of in the modern world, is that the resident alien should receive a hospitable welcome and a place to stay and would be cared for just as you would care for your neighbor. This is the image the psalmist uses to describe human life on earth. We are not fully at home here. This is not where we're from. Our time spent on earth is but a handbreadth along the journey of eternal life. Because we are not yet home, it is inevitable that there is restlessness and difficulty in this life, questions we cannot fully wrestle to the ground, dreams that will not be realized. And yet the miracle of being on this journey. The miracle is found in the people who are around you in the community God has given us. Look around. Look around you in this place of worship. Here there are people who are older than you, and they are passing on good work that is yet incomplete so that those of us who come next can be faithful to it. 
Here in our church community, there are children and youth whose journey is just beginning. Their hearts are open. Their questions are many. Their potential is limitless because they still believe they are immortal. And we have the chance to nurture them and ground them in faith for the life ahead. When we think of ourselves as passing guests, we can loosen our grip on life. We can hold life's gifts more lightly, receive blessings with gladness when they come, and share what we have with generosity. Like most of my sermons, this one seeks to ask more questions rather than giving answers. And so, a couple of final suggestions on things you might want to think about a bit more in this fragile and quickly passing life. First of all, this sermon is an invitation to ask our questions together instead of alone. You might consider joining one of our small groups here at Knox. Several new ones are beginning this fall. Church isn't meant to be just small talk like the sidelines at a soccer game. We don't come and go from church without talking about things that matter. This place can be different if you allow it to be. Second, you might reconsider that worship and Bible study are resources to navigate the things in life that make you feel stuck. Confession and forgiveness are articles of faith, weekly things that we do. Not because we want you to feel guilty, but because we want to help you let go, learn, and grow in light of the past. Prayer is meant to help us do more than just get through the day. Prayer is helped, meant to help us embrace each day and each moment. I'm a big fan of yoga. I go to therapy. Did you know that also the gifts of mindfulness and kindness and living in the moment are core to the teachings of Judaism and Christianity? The institutional church fails a lot. We are regular people, after all. But our ancient stories and traditions have always meant, been meant to help us navigate the questions and frustrations of life. That is what we do here. I suspect that's why Dave got into ministry in the first place. And so, Reverend Annette, good friend, thank you. Thank you because you have given us all, and especially those of us in midlife, a gift today. You have allowed us to share some stories from your first 20 years in ministry, and I pray that this day will renew in you a sense of the sacredness of your daily calling in this season of your life. When one reaches the ripe old age of 44, when one has a spouse to love and a home and children to care for, bills to pay, deadlines to meet, when you realize that people once asked you all the time, aren't you a little bit young to be a minister? And people don't ask that anymore. 
Yes, when these things are true, there is a temptation to feel stuck, like life is a bit of a grind. But today we have looked back at the ways your day-to-day living gives you a chance to change the lives of others for the better. And we have done it in a way that the rest of us can adopt and learn from in our own lives. For yours is not a story of dramatic and famous triumphs, but of how lives are changed for the better because someone has the willingness to listen and care and share the love of God. Might the life of David Annette been a different one? Had he made different choices? Sure. If you had shaken the dust from this little church off of your feet, you might have been the next Justin Timberlake. Maybe. But because you have responded to God's call on your life, day by day, God transforms lives here at Knox Presbyterian Church and at Cranston Memorial Presbyterian Church, at Hyde Park School and at Walnut Hills and in every community where you are present. The individual people we have heard from today speak for many. And they, like your three beautiful children, are the blessings of the life and ministry you did choose. We are passing guests. We learn how to navigate this journey from the faithful souls who go before us. We pass on our wisdom when our journey comes to an end. And in the middle... We pray as the ancient psalmist did, O God, prosper the work of our hands. My translation? Make something good of the life you have given me. It's not a bad way to live. Amen. Amen.